uh, open your Bible to the book of Exodus, book of Exodus, Exodus chapter, um, wait a minute, wait a minute, I think I gave, Exodus chapter four, (laughs) amen, Exodus chapter four and, and verse 11. Uh, we're we're talking about face to face, amen. And um, I thought I was going to conclude Moses today, but I got one, I got one more week on Moses, man. I'm trying to get to Abraham, okay. <clears throat> man, the Bible is so deep. Um, look what it says. Uh, verse eleven said, "The Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Hmm. Or who has make who makes him mute or deaf?" Or seeing or blind, is it not I the Lord? Now then, go and I, even I, will be with your mouth and teach you what you ought to say. Look at verse 13, y'all. But he said, Lord, send somebody else. Amen. Whoever else is willing, send them. I want to talk about this morning on a mission for God. Nothing will be impossible for you. When you're on a mission for God, nothing, tell your neighbor, nothing will be impossible on a mission for God. I don't know about you. But I believe that the highest calling in life is to serve God. Um, You can aspire to greatness in the world. And in the end, you'll get a pen and a pin and a severance package. And then your job is done. There's something about being on mission for God. Something about serving God. To me, I realize that there's nothing we can possibly say to God that will change his mind about your purpose in life. As we have surveyed the life of Moses and his call, we've seen some things. We've seen fear. The week before, I told you we've seen insecurities, doubt, low self-esteem, excuses. It's amazing to me, he was not willing to, To be a servant of God. He was happy with the way. His life was. So much so. That he didn't even appreciate the fact. That the God of this universe. Who who just. Explained a few things about his power. That God. Not the God. 
of the Egyptians. But the God who created the heavens and the earth, that God was calling him. Imagine. Imagine he missed it. Imagine so much so that there are people today who are yearning to be used by God. Isn't it crazy that the ones that God chooses are the ones that are reluctant? Then the ones (laughs) who are willing don't get the call. (laughs) I wish I had somebody. It's amazing because there are people who are yearning for opportunities like Moses. Listen, it wasn't because of his skill that God had chosen him. It wasn't because he was he was all that. It wasn't because he was a perfect man. It wasn't because he had it all together, y'all. What God wanted from Moses, and I want to help you with this today, if you're being called by God and being on a mission for God, All God really wants from all of us. You ready? You ready for this? Obedience. That is it. If you can give anything to God, it will be obedience. Because if it was skill, he would have chosen somebody else. Next week I'll show you that. And yet, if every believer would get that... That God just simply wants your obedience. He just wants you to just say yes and then obey and not think about anything else other than just saying yes. Oh, I wish I had somebody. I'll obey. The natural man only focuses on himself. And so we find here that God is pleading with Moses. If you look at verse 10, you see it right there. Moses said to the Lord, please, man, I ain't never been eloquent in speech. (laughs) Neither now nor never. (laughs) So whatever you're going to do, call somebody else. Are you seeing it? And what's so amazing about Moses is that I don't even think he was remorseful about his past. The fact that God overlooked his past, he looked beyond his faults and saw his need. But can I help you with something? I believe that when God uses a person, I'm going to say it one more time, it's not because of ability. Paul says it's not because of excellency of speech. It's not because I'm so eloquent. It's not because I'm all of that. As a matter of fact, God has given me a thorn in my flesh to humble me so that he can use me. I believe that's what God does. And I want to say to somebody here today, when you're on a mission for God, you have to remind yourself that nothing, that's what you have to realize, that nothing will be impossible for you. Now, why do I say that? Let's look at the text now. We see that he gave him the excuse, but then we get to verse 11. He says, then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Now, what God is doing to Moses here is he's bringing out and he's revealing to him 
his attributes. Now watch this. Here's what I believe. If the miracle won't work. Remember, he put his hand in his coat. He pulled it out. It was leprous. He put his hand back in. What happened? He was healed. Imagine, imagine that not even a miracle will cause some people to obey God. Imagine that a miracle will not even cause a person to change their attitude. What God is trying to do to Moses is like, Moses, you got to understand who is calling you. Now, why do I say nothing is impossible for you? Because the first thing I see here is that he made you. It is. He made you. He says, it is, the Lord said, who made man's mouth? It is he that made us and not we ourselves. And whenever you and I get to the place in our lives where we realize that everything about you is part of God's plan. Job was confronted by God with the same question. Did you know that? Why did Job, Job passed the test at the first part of the testing period, but at the end he gave in. He questioned what God had allowed, but God had to ask him, man, who created this universe? You ever notice that? Whenever God is trying to get us to do something, I believe he confronts us By asking us about who created you. You are my workmanship. Come on, help me somebody. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Therefore glorify God in your body. What I'm trying to say to you saints is that we have to understand who we are and whose we are. And understand that when you're on a mission for God... You don't have to worry about how it's going to get done because you know who created you. He made you. You did not evolve from a monkey. Come on, somebody. It is not natural selection. It is not, come on, somebody, big bang where everything just collided together. You are a child of God created in his image. Come on, somebody. You have attributes. You have things about you that God knows about you. Listen, Moses didn't even know about his potential. That's why he always magnified his deficiencies. Because he did not know his maker. Lord, have mercy. I'm going to say it one more time. The Lord said, who made your mouth, man? Now, remember this. God is asking him a question he can't answer. I wish I had somebody, but here's the thing. Moses had that question. Like all of us have had that question. If you, if you look at Romans chapter, Romans chapter one, it says it right there. It says that he created you. Are you with me? And not only did he create you, but he created you to know him. And it says that even though they knew him, they did not honor him as God. We are all born with a desire to know God. And the God of the universe is the God that called him. Can I tell you something? When your career is over, what you going to say? 
I wish I had somebody. But when you're called by God, what will you say? Are you with me? Look what he says. Look what he says. He says, uh, the Lord said to man, who has made man's mouth? Watch this. And who makes, watch this now, him mute or deaf or seeing or blind. Look at the contrast. Amen. Is God responsible for, for it all? Yes. So not only did he make, made you, but the next thing he did is he molded you. No two people are alike. Your blueprint is different than my blueprint. Come on, help me somebody. Your destiny is different than my destiny. Your calling is different than my calling. And here's the thing. If God want to make you mute, he can make you mute today. If God want to make you blind, he can make you blind today. If God want to make you see today, you'll see today. But it's all predicated upon your obedience to him. There are a lot of Christians who are walking around with eyes wide open, but they can't see him. They have ears to hear, but they cannot hear. They, they, they have ability, but they will not use it. And God says, listen, I made you and I molded you. How long are you going to sit by the sidelines? How long will you sit back and wait for stuff to happen that I've already told you to do? Are you with me? Watch this. Watch this. Moses didn't know anything about God, saints. Yet he still was not confident he still was not committed and he still was not convinced. Why? Because he was comfortable and in his comfort zone, caring only about himself. And that's where we are today. That's where the kingdom of God is today. Amen. We will not come out of our comfort zone. We will not come out of our, 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 our self. We will not commit to God because we feel like if I give this up, what am I going to do about this? But can I help somebody with something? When you're on a mission for God, you ain't got to worry about that. See, here's the thing. You don't, if, 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 if God calls you, you got to know that he's already molded you. You have a specific call and a specific ability that he can use and will use if you surrender to him. Are you with me? Watch the text. He says, who made your mouth, man? Who makes you mute? Who makes you deaf? Who makes you seen or blind? Those are questions. And then God answers. And this is the part that we have to understand after you read this, you have to start after you hear this today. I hope that whatever you've been hesitating on, whatever you've been holding back on, whatever you've been saying to yourself about how you're not good enough, how you're not wise enough, how you're not, you know, smart enough, how you can't do this. You could only do this. You can only do that. You're shy. You're scared. You're living in fear and doubt. Listen, can I help you with something? Whatever you want to do, you got to just go for it. Are you with me? Because what? He made you. He molded you. But the third thing he does is he motivates you. Here's how he motivates you. He says, it is I, what? The Lord. Can I help you with something? If the Lord's name does not motivate you, listen, when you know it's the Lord, See, a lot of people are insecure in their calling because they don't know the Lord. 
But can I help you with something when you know it's the Lord? Now, can I ask you something? Can I ask you another question? What does he have to prove to you that he is the Lord? Listen, listen, listen. He woke you up this morning. He, he started you on your way. Listen, the one thing I know about the Holy Spirit is that he will reveal things to you over and over and over and over and over again. Can I say this? The Lord, it is the Lord and that's a good enough motivation to understand that I'm doing this not for man. I'm doing this for the Lord. He says, it is I who wake you up this morning. It is I who start you on your way. It is I who give you strength in your body. I gave you a fixed mind. I give you strength when you want to give up. I give you things that you will never ever have in your life. That no man can give you. That no woman can give you. But if you hold on, hallelujah, to that one motivation. I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm not doing it to be seen. I'm not doing it to be heard. I'm not doing it for any other reason other than the Lord. I found out people today in the pulpit, they want to be heard. They want to be seen. They want to be paraded about. But when you're doing it for the Lord, the Lord is what people see. They won't see you. They'll see Jesus. Can I help somebody? How do you know it's the Lord? Look back over your life. Look back at the miracles. Look back at the things you've been through. Three verses before Moses had forgotten. Three verses before. He had forgotten that he had just seen a staff turn into a snake. And then he grabbed it with his hand. He had forgotten, come on, help me, somebody, that God had turned water into blood. He had forgotten that God was powerful. Saints, can I ask you something? Has he done any miracles in your life? Can I ask another question? Why does he have to keep repeating things to us for us to seriously obey him and seriously stay committed to him? Watch this, three verses ago. You know, there are some people, no matter how much you tell them, or how much you tell them that they're gifted, how much you tell them that they're they're anointed, how much you tell them that they're talented, how much you tell them that they're called, how much you tell them that they're molded and made by God to accomplish a purpose, they still would not believe it. And I'm in awe at Moses. But I'm saying, couldn't God find somebody else? But why does he stick with Moses for us? See, we think people give up on us. And sometimes we think God gives up on us. But the one thing you have to know about God, he will never give up on you and I until his mission is completed. And by the time you get in sync with what he wants you to do, you're going to start agreeing with him. Lord have mercy. See, some people have to be pushed and pumped and primed and, you know, that kind of stuff. But God, 
is calling us to be on mission for him. But nothing, saints, will be impossible for you. Can I say this? Isn't it crazy that when we go to work, we think we can do anything? (laughs) But when it comes down to God, oh, Lord Jesus. Boy, I wish y'all didn't help me today, but it's okay. Uh, Look at verse 12. He says, now then what? Now, I want to show you something. Now, this word, so we think that the going, the Great Commission started in Matthew. Started right here. Go. The only way that you can be on a mission for God and nothing can be impossible for you, saints, is if you actually go. Now, let me tell you what the word go means in the Hebrew. It's a different word than the the Greek. The, The word in the, oh, Lord, have mercy. I wish I could help somebody today. The word go here means to become great. To become brighter and brighter. To increase. Watch this. In value and in worth. Lord. See, when you, when you give all your life to your job, it doesn't make you great. Because the things that you accomplish can only affect earth. Lord have mercy. But when you do something for the Lord. The Bible says those that lead many to Christ. Will shine in the kingdom of God. Brighter and brighter. And what God was trying to tell Moses is. Moses, if you go. Put the next point up. He makes you great. He moves you from good. Oh, wish I had somebody. Better to great. You see, I thank God that what God promised Moses is that he would be great. And the promise that he made is that when you go before Pharaoh, watch this. I'm going to show you how it works. When you go, if you, it's in scripture. He says, when you stand before Pharaoh, you will be representing me. You will be just like me. When you go before the people, you will be just like, oh, I wish I had somebody. And so therefore, we ain't got time for insecurities. We ain't got time for doubt. We ain't got time to say, I can't do this because I'm not good enough. My mama did this to me. My daddy did this to me. I grew up in bad circumstances. The gospel erases all of that. The gospel takes your past, hallelujah, and gives you a future. But I stopped by to tell somebody here today, if you go, he'll make you great. He'll make you do things that will not last for a season, but for a lifetime. But after a lifetime, it's going to go into eternity. Let me hope you with something. When God called me, hallelujah, to preach the gospel 27 years ago, I don't know how many because I'm not really keeping count. But I can possibly say, if I would have gauged a thing, probably about a thousand people that I have encountered in the 20 years I've been preaching and teaching, that I've led to Christ, 
their lives, their lives are changed forever. What about you? If God uses you, you will not change a life for a season, for a reason, but for a lifetime, for eternity. Somebody you know was supposed to go to hell, but you shared the gospel. Oh, I wish I had somebody. You went. You became great. They became great. And the kingdom of God was glorified. Do I have anybody here who understand what I'm talking about? That when he makes you great, it's not to puff you up. It's not to make you feel better than everybody. No, it's to get you to the point where you understand that you are valuable. And some of us, we don't know our value, but Satan knows your value. That's why he pulls you down. That's why he pushes you down. But you keep coming back brighter and brighter, stronger and stronger. Why? Because you went. With me? Not great with pride, but great for his glory. Not great with pride, but great for his glory. Hallelujah. I tell you something. We got too many preachers in the pulpit today. They're full of themselves. They talk good, sound good, because they want to be great. They don't want to make the master shine. Watch this. But you, saints, nothing is impossible for you if you give God the glory. Stay low. And he'll bless you. But watch this. He makes you great. But look what he says next. Just now then go, verse 12, and I, even I, look at this, hmm, will be what? You don't know, have to know what to say. Now, I'm going to help somebody now. Hold on, let me, let, me, let, me, let me fix this up now, all right? Because some people got the wrong idea about this right here, okay? I don't need nobody to teach me because I got the Holy Ghost. Okay, all right, okay. We talking about Moses right here, okay? We ain't talking about you. Keep it in its context. This ain't for you. This is for him. Got it? Watch what he says. I, even I, will be with your mouth. Because they didn't have seminaries back then. And teach you what, what, what? What you ought to say. So not only does he make you great, but here's the next part. Yes. 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 Yes, Lord. Make me mature. Don't make me smart. Mature me, Lord. Anybody can open up a Bible verse and start reading and make you think they know the word. But are they mature? Look at the fruit and then look at the foundation. Because when trouble comes in their lives and they start falling apart, they're not mature. Built on sand. Watch this. He equips you. That's how you get mature. Watch this. All you have to do is be available and obedient. 
Now, for those who don't want to go to school, this is not an excuse. This was for Moses, saints. Watch this, watch this, watch this. You need to be taught before you try to tell somebody what you think the Lord is telling you. Okay? You can't spend 15 hours in prayer and then come out. I got people like that. They don't go, they don't want to go to school. They come and they say, oh, I didn't pray, I didn't pray. The Lord didn't gave me this. This is of the Lord. They didn't went on Google.com. I mean, Google. They didn't Google it. Preaching somebody else's message on the wrong mission. But when you're on a mission from God, he will mature you. Write this scripture down. Ezra 7.10. Ezra set his heart to study, to practice, and then to what? Teach. Are you with me? So he made you. He molded you. He, he motivates you. He makes you great. He matures you. I'm going to give you my last point. I'm going to sit down. This, I had about 12 points. That's why I had to break it up in two weeks. Look at verse 13. Imagine God teaching you. God teaches you through the teacher. I don't, a lot of people are confused on what they're supposed to be doing in life. But God, you come to church every week. You ain't learned nothing. I mean. You haven't got anything, you ain't got no revelation, none, nothing at all. Like, verse 13, look what he said. But look what look what Moses said. <laughs> has this not been a good journey? Huh? Have this has this not been a good journey through the life of Moses? I mean, I'm I'm like I'm like in awe, right? Like, seriously, because I saw my younger days in pastoring and preaching in, in this. When you're young in this, you don't know. You don't really know. You're not sure. And what I'm trying to say to somebody here today, whatever you're doing for the Lord, you've got to be sure. Watch the text. Verse 13. But he said, please, Lord. He's pleading with God. Now send the message by whomever you will. But not me. I will never quit ministry. Now, I may retire from the pulpit. Okay, because I don't, I don't think I'm going to be trying to come up with these things at, at 90. Okay? With a walker. And come up here forgetting what I'm about to say. When we got some young people that God, God is bringing... You understand what I'm saying? To do this work. You understand? I don't, anyways, that's a whole other thing. But here's the thing. Uh, uh, I believe I will retire from the pulpit, but I'll never stop doing ministry. And do you know that everything that God is investing in you right now is of value? You don't need a pulpit to be a blessing. When you go into the workplace, you can, you can let your light shine so brightly that watch this, that, that people will see your good works. And then what? Glorify God. You understand? My last point is this. Yes. 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 He makes no 
mistakes. So stop making excuses. Lord, I can't because you know, I got to work. Lord, I can't because I got this. Lord, I can't because I got that. Lord, I'm broke down. Do you not know that God will heal your body in the midst of you being broken down? He's not begging. God is not begging. God is not begging him. This is not, this, this is, this is not God saying, I need you so bad. But watch this. He's begging God not to send him. <laughs> this is not out of fear anymore. You know what this is about? Write this down. Write this down. This is not out of fear anymore. Remember, he's scared to go back because they, you know, remember, Pharaoh's dead, so you got nothing to be afraid of. But God already reassured. Good Lord, let me minister to you. God keeps reassuring Moses all the time. Man, I got you. You know what this is about? You ready? No, not rebellion. Disobedience and distrust. Not trusting God's word enough to say, God, you said it. Think about it. Some of us are thinking about it like this. We, this is how we do it, right? We're like, man, I, I gotta give this tithe, but I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pay this rent. The rent due, car note is due. But you, but you did it last month when everything was. You did it last month. You did it the month before. But now everything gets, things got a little tight on you. And you're thinking, yeah. But if you trust God. You will see things that you've never seen before. You will position yourself to see more miracles. I use that because that's a good one. <laughs> it's relatable. Because when it comes to serving God, the kingdom is at a deficit right now. It is. People believe more in IBM. I'm using IBM. I'm saying like your job. I know you need your job. But my question is, do you believe in it so much so that you're not believing in God? That that's the object of your trust when God says, I need you to do this for me. And you're like, no. But if the job say, I need you to do it, you're like, I'll do it. First in line. <laughs> See, write this down. God will not take no for an answer. One of the least thanked groups in our society are people who empty the garbage. It's not what you call a high-class job. A while back in New York, the garbage man went on strike. All of a sudden, these typical underrated people became the most significant people in the city because the whole place began to stink. 
If you let a couple of weeks go by and your garbage doesn't get picked up, all of a sudden the nobodies becomes, I wish I had somebody. God has said that he makes the nobodies of this world the somebodies and he measures our significance by how we treat them. It's important to make time in your schedule for people rejected by society. That's what we do here. Weekend. Week out, saints. I'm so glad that we were obedient to leave Paraland to come to make the nobodies feel like there's somebody. Why? For we are on a mission for God. Give God a hand clap of praise.